Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And we're excited to be here with you. Always so excited. It's so good to be here. Father Travis, we have got some big news. Please do tell. So, on our uh, website in which we upload all of our podcasts. Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. Yes. And from there, it's distributed to you know a number of different providers. Your favorite podcast platform. Ergo, yeah. you can access this in many different right. you know, formats. Yeah. As you we, probably are right now when you're listening. We have received word that we have passed 10,000 downloads. Oh, man. Wow. So, wow. ladies and gentlemen, you know, thank you, very, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow. <laughs> what an incredible time. You know, as the I... The fact that half of those were your mom, I mean, that's so generous <laughs> that she would do that thanks, for us. Mom. Wow, thanks so much. And the other half was... My parishioners in the Mars. Right. So thanks, everybody. <laughs> That's not true. We are getting we are getting more and more words from college students, you know, around the Midwest that are listening in. That's great. Uh, I do get some emails from folks just listening uh, every once in a while, looking for some uh, maybe some spiritual guidance. Yeah. But you know, um, as I got that message that we had received ten thousand downloads, mm-hmm. at first I was like, "Wow, we need to thank our you know audience," and I was like, "No." No, we don't need to thank them for listening to us as if this is all about us. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. It's 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 actually just kind of, um, I think it's a shared um, accomplishment that if they're trying to tune into us and we're trying to tune into them right. and meet them where they're at and hopefully we're speaking into their realities, then if, in some virtual platform, if there's a little bit of community that's being built up, hopefully that's a benchmark to say, that people are being reached or at least not pissed off and driven away. Yeah. You know praise, yeah. Praise God for that. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. In a time when it feels like uh, priests aren't listened to very often uh, and we're pretty out of touch with the world as most people will pretty blatantly tell us right now. Right. It's yeah. It's good to know that there's yeah. People who want to sort of enter the conversation. That's, right. that's what this is. Yeah. If it's a sign that others have been interested in entering the conversation, praise God. Yeah. And we're always open to new topics. If there's things that you want us to be discussing so right. that, the, the starting point of the conversation doesn't always have to originate with us. Great. Right. Let us know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. So it's Advent. It is indeed. Happy it, it, New Year. Right. So it's weird what you say. It's like Advent and Lent. It's like, Happy Advent. Happy <laughs> Lent. Happy Penance and Fasting. Merry, Merry Advent. Yeah, Merry Advent. Happy Thanksgiving Advent, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time as a young priest for me. This is my first change of liturgical season, which is mm. kind of neat. Ordinary time is kind of kind of long and people get used to it and it's got some things that kind of spice it up like throughout the throughout the year of ordinary time, but you get used to a lot of green, right? In the sanctuary of the churches and pumpkins. And pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of pumpkins too. So it's just it was neat um having my first experience of the, just like the the feel of the church changed. Right. Yeah, the Advent wreath ready to go, um, a little more subdued decoration mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just neat to be able to step into a new time, new liturgical season, new year. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. New church year starts at Advent, not calendar year. So that's kind of right. exciting too. Right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to jump into it. But what I've realized in my first weekend 
of the Advent season is that nobody really knows what the heck Advent is. It's a little obscure. It is, yeah, and it's kind of lost in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's mm-hmm. basically just seen as that time where you light these candles. What I have learned, though, is people have some pretty intense traditions surrounding these Advent wreaths in their home. Mm-hmm. We, we, there was discussion about, like, you know, where, in which order, where the heck is that rose candle? Where does that go? Right. How is it clockwise? <laughs> is it, do you put a, a Jesus candle? Somebody told me in the yeah, middle there is of that the tradition. And, and God forbid you light that before Christmas. But so there's like a lot of interesting traditions that go around with, with the wreath and stuff. But besides the advent wreath, maybe the advent, do you ever have one of those little open the door? Oh, candy sure. Calendars? The advent calendars. Those are still a big hit. I never had one of those, but last uh, this is great. Last Thanksgiving, I was with a family who celebrates a little uh, Christmas gift exchange on Thanksgiving rather than Christmas. The family's so big. And uh, I ended up in the gift exchange with a 24 case of beer that was an advent calendar. <laughs> so the the box of these beers, they were all different beers. They had little like punch out things on the top of the box uh, for every day of advent. Nice. Um, so I shared you, them with my... You drank your way through the season. Yeah. We, <laughs> they... Uh, it was nice to have in seminary with the guys, but it was, it was great. And I was actually like fighting one of the cousins who was at this Thanksgiving for it. And I wasn't a priest yet, but she said, you know, that priest stole my beer at the end of the, <laughs> so it's great. But, uh, uh, that's sometimes Advent is just left with, we have this wreath, we have these chocolate calendars, but, but what's going on? What I realized though is, uh, through my time in seminary and kind of learning what a liturgical season and how you can really celebrate it is, what I realized for myself, being at this first Mass is, you know, sometimes folks in the pews, they just kind of find themselves at Mass. Uh, mass might be kind of like a passive experience that happens to them. There are these liturgical seasons, which part of it should be that. Mm-hmm. As you walk in and see a new color of vestment, new decorations, this Advent wreath, that should be something we receive. But sometimes we might even feel outcast from our own traditions of we're just kind of sitting there like, oh, okay, this is another Sunday like normal, but mm-hmm. things are different, but what's going on? Right. What I realized in my time in seminary, though, is especially with Advent and Lent, the texts of the liturgy, what I mean by that are the, the prayers that are specific, and for folks out there, the prayers that you probably don't really listen to because it's the opening prayer at the beginning of Mass, the one over the offerings right, right. before the Eucharistic prayer, and then the closing prayer. Those are all kind of quick in passing, and you're just kind of getting settled in at the beginning of Mass. It might just happen. Let us pray. Amen. It's done. Um those are so helpful to get a feel for how the church is trying to guide us through Advent. And they're so, jam-packed with theology. Oh my gosh, yeah, and, and tradition. I mean, these are yeah. ancient prayers, some of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to do a little quick shout-out to Father Mark Mary. Uh, he's one of the Franciscan uh, friars of the Renewal. Of the CFRs, yeah. He's one of the CFRs. He has a wonderful new uh, little video out by Ascension Presents Yeah, on... Um, how Advent has kind of become kind of a very cutesy thing. You know, we we put out our wreaths, we have our little Advent calendars. Children, you know, will make those little ring, you know, chains to tear off a ring every day, Uh which is helpful for parents to let them know, no, stop asking when the presents are coming. Until you see the rings are all gone, stop asking me. Mm -hmm. But Father Mark Mary points out in this wonderful um, video by Ascension Presents, it's not supposed to just be a cutesy little preparation with decorations. There's actually supposed to be a lot of spiritual preparation going on. We don't just jump into, okay, it's Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. celebrate. You know, there's supposed to be kind of uh, some internal soul work that gets you ready for the season, more so than just, you know, 
peppermint mocha lattes in yeah. the morning, you know? Well, I'm so glad you said that about the cutesy thing. I'll just make a quick sidestep about just like mass in general. You know, at our, at our school mass this year, we used to have a K through 12 mass, mm-hmm. which is great because you pack this church with all of these students, which is great. But when, you know, a lot of things in a kindergarten classroom are pretty cutesy because you're working with five and six year olds. Right. So, so of course that's a, that's reality. Right. But what I've learned really quickly, because we can't have those masses together and because the masses we do have with the elementary can't have as much kind of pomp and circumstance with COVID restrictions, mm-hmm. different, trying to keep it shorter and things like that, there's a lack of the cutesy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it rubs people wrong because some, some people, some grandparents, they love the cutesy stuff. Right. But what I've realized, especially with those, those kids kind of in the middle, that cutesy stuff gets old pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then the mass can be just like cutesy time right and <laughs> you this know? is when you have sixth and seventh grade boys rolling their eyes yes but then i think with with adults and, and pews as well when you have children that's that's great because you're excited that your children are inv- invested and involved but then you find yourself in this place where your children are grown and you're like well what what does this experience of mass this experience of liturgy have in store for me mm-hmm. oh man but if you start reading these these prayers it's deep it's it is. much more than <laughs> some cutesy experience of singing songs and, and kind of clapping and getting excited for an hour a week. Oh, absolutely. Because when, we, when the church is walking us through this, it's a condensed season, but it's, it's a helpful season. When, when we're walking through the commemoration of our Lord's initial coming, but more importantly of his final coming, right? You know, the, the season of Advent kind of organizes itself in reverse. We first go to the end time because we're still looking forward to his return in glory. Right. The Lord told his disciples, I am coming back. And uh, we're still waiting for that final glory in which this world will pass away and the new Jerusalem will be ushered in. Uh, that's actually our primary focal point is in the early weeks of Advent. And right. yes, we do recall the fact that he ha- has come in time right. and that we join ourselves to those prayers and those longings of ancient Israel, come Messiah, come save us. We are so oppressed politically, spiritually, morally, whatever. Right. Uh, we unite ourselves to ancient Israel. and We also recall the fact that he's still coming to us, right? right. There's many, many comings every single day. Well, let's dive in. You know, yeah. Are there some texts that we should be kind of focusing on? I think so. I, and just to offer everybody an invitation, if you're wondering, okay, how do I actually engage Advent besides maybe the chocolate calendar? That's fine. Beer calendar, if you get it. I'm not sure where you order those, but that'd be pretty sweet. Or just lighten the wreath around the table or something, sure. all good traditions. Sure. How do I engage it more on a level of the heart and a personal level? Look up the prayers from mass. Um, there's a lot of different apps you could find those on. Um, I'm, I'm using iBrievery, the one we talked about that had liturgy of the hours, but this was the opening prayer from the first Sunday of Advent. Grant your faithful, we pray, almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming. So that gathered at his right hand, they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. Well, that's so deep. Why don't you read it one more time? Through Christ our Lord, amen. We're going to do a little Lexio here. One more time. Grant your faithful, we pray almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming. So that gathered at his right hand, they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. Mm. How many Christians understand their relationship with the Lord as this desire to have a resolve by the power of the Holy Spirit inflaming you to run, mm-hmm. to go and run and meet your Savior, 
such that when he were, if he were to arrive five minutes from now in all of his glory, we would be actively going to greet him and say, welcome back. Right. Not like he's somehow absent from the world, like, hey, what's going on down here? You know, he knows right. exactly what's going on. But to run to meet him and to greet him so much so that we could be gathered into a kingdom that is ready to be assumed at his right hand right now mm-hmm. into the halls of heaven. Where is that resolve always in the hearts of the faithful? Mm-hmm. What a deep prayer. And what's beautiful is, again, this is the, the, the moment where Catholics can often be accused of not knowing their scripture well enough. Our liturgy just like oozes scripture out. I mean, this just immediately calls to mind St. Paul's imagery of athletes run mm-hmm. so as to win a crown that perishes, mm-hmm. but we to win a crown that is imperishable. Right. And this glory of the Lord is this crown that we're, we're running for. Um, Everybody has experienced in some capacity when you're passionate about something, you come alive in a new way. Mm -hmm. How passionate are we most of the time about a relationship with God or our experience of going to mass, right? It can be frankly pretty boring sometime, or it can be just kind of seem like an obligation as it is most of the time. Um, But yeah, how how passionate do we feel about running um, to meet Christ? You think of two of the apostles running to the open tomb mm-hmm. when they when they hear this news uh mm-hmm. saint peter running to and and, and getting there uh, saint john beating him out but then waiting yeah peter, peter might have been a little winded it's okay probably he wasn't on the treadmill like he should i would have been. been as i was the other day when i attempted to play dodgeball against some freshman in high school oh how'd that go father very winded and okay. threw up my arm and Father Bruce beat me in racquetball the next day because of that. <laughs> Slight sidestep from the conversation. But okay. um, I think we all know that experience, though, of like when we're, when we're if you've actually been like a runner in the past um, or if you've had like a, a great desire to accomplish something, mm-hmm. um, the Lord wants to satisfy the deepest longings of our heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking about that in my homily this weekend about we all have a lot of immediate desires right now, very clear desires, like, just be done with the Rona. Like right. we're just we're like done with that. All the stuff that's involved with it, get back to life as normal, see friends and family again, especially around the holidays. But I invited uh, the people at mass today, or, you know, just considering what that, what that meant in mass to consider, well, what are the deeper longings? We got lots of immediate desires that we're pretty aware of, mm-hmm. but what's the, yeah, what are the deepest longings of our heart? And I think to be, to be satisfied, to be known and to be loved and that's what Advent is trying to provoke in us, trying and to I awaken. Think, I think those deepest longings can be united so profoundly if someone walks through the daily Mass readings of the season. Mm-hmm. If you especially sit there with the Isaiah text, yeah, and you just meditate with ancient Israel of how they were waiting for the, the, the Messiah to come, mm-hmm. to come and save us, to reunite the 12 tribes of ancient Israel, to save us from our political oppressors, to let us, you know, repopulate the city of Jerusalem and reestablish temple worship that is rightly ordered. All of these ancient desires of Israel uh, speak to a level of the heart that you know can easily be replicated for us today. Absolutely. You know how many how many experience around the world uh, political oppression? How many just feel morally oppressed by maybe a culture that is moved well beyond you know Christian ideals? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many just feel saturated and almost conquered by media that's always coming at them? Right. Uh, and not just like news broadcast media, but like all types of media, print yeah. media, social media, 
this tsunami of influence that comes upon us that can rob us and distract us just from being uh, loved and known by the Lord right. and feeling like, yes, he is gathering his people and he is redeeming us once again. Right. And if you engage these readings from Isaiah, the Psalms especially right now, but yeah, these readings from Isaiah really stick out. We experience this like waves of anxiety that a people experience for hundreds of years. And it's it's easy to breeze past these readings and oh yeah i've heard, heard heard that a million times but to actually engage it you realize that oh the the waves of anxiety and depression that kind of fill the culture and then surely people in maybe ourselves or people who are close to us mm-hmm. um that's the same sentiment that's been on the human heart for all of time right and what's so powerful to see in this season of advent is that jesus is actually the answer to these longings um, and the, the church fathers were so good at pointing out that Christ sheds light on the Old Testament is the fulfillment of all these different prophecies, but especially this sort of longing desire of a people spoken by this prophet Isaiah mm-hmm. and these different prophets throughout time, they, they're, they're finally satisfied with Christ. And the same for us, even if we've experienced baptism and confirmation and reconciliation and regular experience of the Eucharist, Christ still wants to satisfy our personal longings, personal desires. Absolutely. This has the potential, I think, for Christians to look back on 2020 mm-hmm. and say that the darkness of the winter of 2020, the darkness of Advent, actually brought a, a radiance in my own faith life in which I had to lean far more on the Lord uh, and really cry out to him, begging him to come and nurture me, sustain me, show his compassionate divine embrace once again. That has the potential to, I think, envelop Christians and animate their faith more than anything perhaps has done for them in years. Right. Knowing that we can't just rely on the old cutesy things forever. Right. Knowing that the old entertainment things that we would prop up and distract ourselves with, yep. uh, those aren't around. Mm-hmm. And so how do, we, how do we enter into the darkness of Advent, uh, literally here in the Northern Hemisphere, is in, is which the daylight is so short? Mm-hmm and enter into that spiritual darkness or even that social darkness that is uh, right. so present in the pandemic restrictions and actually find the light of the Lord. Right. This has the potential, folks, if you really want to engage, mm-hmm. this has the potential to be an awesome season spiritually. Right. I think a really practical way to do that is to go to uh, the USCCB's website, the U.S. Bishop's website, they have a very user-friendly way to read the readings every single day. Mm-hmm. Maybe you already have like a little missalette thing that has the readings like a Magnificat or Give Us This Day or a Word Among Us or something. But mm-hmm. I mean, right now on the device that you're listening to this through, you can go to usccb.org and it's on the front page, today's readings. And you can even toggle through the whole week, but it'll right. pop up the next day's readings. Um, and just to, especially to lean into these these readings and these prayers, um, that the, that the church has given us over hundreds of years of developing these prayers to help us enter more deeply into the reality of our own human condition and the reality of the Lord's grace. Mm-hmm. Um, these these imagery that we receive from this from this um, this season dark deep purple vestments and fire mm-hmm. right so it, it's clearly this light in the midst of darkness. Right. Um, so yeah, just want to encourage everybody to lean into the darkness, not to kind of dwell in that, but to allow Christ to then illumine uh, whatever darkness we're experiencing right now. 
And I would encourage our listeners to, to hear your encouragement and to take this seriously because year after year after year, I have gotten to a Christmas Eve mass mm-hmm. and I have walked down the aisle and I've just looked out and I've just seen exhausted people. Yes, right. yeah. And, and that might have been because, well, it's Christmas Eve and the in-laws are visiting and we've just been hosting all day and right. trying to get the house ready for guests. But I think deeply on a spiritual level, I have met so many people who are spiritually exhausted by Christmas Eve. Yeah, and truly. That, that usually tells me that they got caught up in the Christmas parties and the Christmas concerts and the decorating and the presents and everything. Yeah. And they did not enter and give themselves uh, kind of some spiritual space mm-hmm. in the season of Advent, and it, it washed right by them. Yep. Uh, so don't let that don't let that happen. Get to Christmas Eve anticipating the Lord's you know full celebration of His Nativity. Get to Christmas Eve having engaged these these weeks of Advent very seriously, and to say yes, the Lord has been with me. He has been accompanying me, and I have spiritual fruits that I am bringing now into the Christmas season, and not just material presents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, praise God, everybody. Have a blessed Advent and lean into the scriptures, lean into these prayers, go to confession, keep coming to Mass. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time and God bless.